to the van life. Welcome back to FNA Van Life, the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And today we are talking with our friend Pam. We met Pam on TikTok, actually. Yeah, TikTok's actually a really fun platform. I know a lot of people are kind of like, mm, I don't know if I want to get into that, especially people of our age bracket. Yeah. But we actually really love TikTok. It's so easy to get sucked into like wasting hours and hours and hours of your life on TikTok. And speaking of age brackets, Pam is in her 60s. She's an awesome woman. She's on TikTok. She's super fun. And the thing is, is like people around this age normally pick a certain type of way to get into the van life lifestyle, which would be like RV related vans. So ones that are already built out for you, you're probably not doing it yourself. Um, so Pam sheds light on why this is the better option for her and, and people like her. Mm-hmm. And her husband's also traveling in a van. They travel in separate vans, which is a really cool, unique. Maybe we need to get Frank his own van so we can, uh... I would be down. <laughs> would you? Yeah, of course I'd be down. Why? Well, I love traveling with you, but obviously there are moments in time where there's things that I want to do that you don't. Right? Yeah, but I feel like that doesn't happen super duper often. No, not often. Not that often. But I would like to downhill bike. Haven't got to do that. If you really wanted to, you could make it happen. I think the thing, this is going to become like a relationship counseling episode. But I feel like you say you want to do stuff, but then you never actually make a plan to do things. Well, I also just don't want you to feel like that you're obligated to sit in the van because I want to go and do something. I don't care. I know you don't. We literally but... went to how many mountains in our first season, and I sat in the van for a lot of them. But you snowboarded 40 out of the 70. Right. So it wasn't like you sat in the van the whole time. No, and but a if, lot you, of... if you picked one mountain biking excursion... Yeah, I guess. Um, so, yeah, that's what we'll be doing soon, then, that means. <laughs> Looks like we might have to go back to Alaska here in Alaska. Yeah, I picked the most expensive place to go mountain biking. It's the only one to go that's to, not to, true. to rent a downhill mountain bike and actually, like, get up there and do it for the first time. I think that, you know, that would be the right type of experience. Mm, well, there's lots of outdoor experiences in Alaska, so maybe a little bit of research into this new hobby of yours that or, you're very excited about. Or would you rather me buy a $2,000 bike? Absolutely not. Okay, so, you know, you got to make choices here, babe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, anyways, let's give an update from where we are on the road. So right now we are sitting alongside a beautiful river uh, that runs down towards Valdez, and that's kind of where we're headed right now. We have a beautiful view of several different mountains in the distance, uh, one being over 12,000 feet, the other one being over 16,000 feet, and they're all glacier-capped. Mm-hmm. And by sitting right next to a river, what he actually means is that we're sitting right next to a cliff that goes down about 100 feet to the river. Yeah, so don't worry, guys. The e-brake is pulled, and <laughs> we are making sure that we're not moving anywhere until we're ready to get out of here. Yeah, when we got to this spot last night, I was like, why did you back it right on up next to the tree line and pull that e-brake? But before we got to the stop, we actually were hanging out with some friends that are also van lifers, uh, which hopefully we will have on the podcast here eventually. Yeah, we didn't, because we were all just hanging out, and we spent a couple days together, but it was more just, like, chill and... I, I and also, then we went for a great big hike that we're all hurting from. Yeah, I also helped some locals build a bridge or rebuild their bridge, mm-hmm. uh, which was really nice and a lot of fun to get to meet the locals within that community. Um, and then we went for that 4,000-foot hike of elevation gain. So, like, this mountain is probably around 7,000 feet or so, and 
maybe a little bit less. And literally, we hiked from the bottom to the top of it. Yeah, which was a lot. Yeah, it was it was it was tasking. So tasking that Paco, all he wants to do today is sleep because he was wiped out by the time we got to the top. Of yeah, it. we didn't even actually make it all the way to the top, which was like a we, funny lesson we on were, life. We were like a football field away, though. Yeah, <laughs> a football field of like straight uphill scrambling through rock. Yeah. But like, uh, Fennymore and out of this van both made it to the top and we could hear them talking and see them. And I got some drone shots of them up there. So, I mean, it was definitely epic looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just got to know when to give in and say, you know, we're not meant to be up there. Mm-hmm. And even though we would have loved to, it's just part of the journey sometimes. Yeah, I went full mama bear on Paco because he was like not feeling great. And so I just wanted to sit there and make sure that he felt better and put him in the backpack and walk down. And then by kind of like halfway down, once we got past like the really big rock stuff, he got out of the bag and walked himself the rest of the way home. But today... He is tired. I am tired. I have a giant bruise on my side from four-wheeling the other day. Yeah. Now, on the walk home from that walk, or hike, yesterday, I wiped out into a mud puddle <laughs> and then got trampled on by a dog. Yeah. And so... She my, cut her finger. I cut my finger. My knee is all bruised up. I was literally, like, covered in mud. Alex is a woman of many bruises right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm purple and yellow and blue all over. The good thing is none of them are ego-based. What do you mean? Like, you're you're you're... You're not bruised like morale. Oh, you know? yeah. You're just bruised like physically. No, I'm fine. <laughs> and no, I did not do any of it. Of course not. <laughs> That's not even a question. Yeah. But yeah, so we're really enjoying Alaska. We've officially crossed our one month mark a, l- a couple of weeks ago now. Uh huh. Yeah, which is crazy. We have some other friends coming up now. So, um, Adaptive Humanity just left Florida this morning. And they're going to be joining us maybe in the next week or so. They basically have to drive like 17 hours a day just to make it to their boat. That's crazy town. Yeah. I feel like even for us when we left Florida to get to Utah, that what felt like a really long drive. And that was probably like half the distance we that did they're like doing. We like eight to ten hours a day. Yeah. But yeah, it's about half the distance. Uh, I wouldn't say half. It's probably like three quarters of the And distance. so they have to do that extra push to get all the way to Washington. So I will say that one time I drove my sister from Southwest Florida, actually just south of where they are, uh, to Bremerton, which is just north of where they're going. And that trip took me and a buddy driving both of us three days of driving. So we were there. Well, we were there in three days. We took one night of rest. Um, and yeah, so we made it. So it's definitely, they have the ability to do it, but they're going to be doing like overnight shifts just to make that happen. Yeah. I would not recommend starting your van life journey like that. No. Or, I mean, it obviously it's going to be amazing to spend the summer in Alaska, but it's also like, ah, just a stressful couple of days and we're yes. going to, we're sending them so much good love and vibes and maybe they're listening to this on their many, 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 many hours of driving. So we love you guys and we're excited for you to get here. All right. So let's get back into Pam. Yes. Well, that sounded weird, but yeah, we're well, going to get back on. into our conversation with Pam. I didn't mean it like that. Of course not. But anyways, so Pam is a lovely lady. We met her through TikTok. We really love her TikTok. She's got these signature black glasses that she wears. She's super funny and just like a hoot to be around. Like, I'm very excited for when we can all hang out next to a campfire and just like shoot the shit. Yeah. She loves to boondock. She li- she has all the amenities that she needs to live this lifestyle. Let's let's get into it. Let's Let's see what she has to say. 
And just on a side, there were a couple of technical issues. We were both kind of in remote places. So it cuts out kind of in the middle and then we pick it right back up. So sorry if there's a little bit of a hiccup in the conversation. Thank you so much for doing this with us today. We're really excited to chat with you. Yeah, well, I'm excited to chat with you too. I feel like we know each other, even though it's like, you know, social media. Yeah, TikTok and and whatnot. Um, You're like a TikTok celebrity. I feel like you're like the uh, the fan life. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know about that, but I really like doing TikTok. So, what got so you I spend a lot of time there. Uh, my granddaughter. She yeah. she showed me one day, and then I did a I did a TikTok. Well, it was like two or three weeks later, and I said, hey, I'm going to do one. So I did a TikTok, and the first one I got so many responses to it was like man this is fun (laughs) so i just kept going with it and i'm way way above my granddaughter and followers so she's probably so jealous yeah she can be i guess but that's okay (laughs) well well she just has to utilize grandma now as you know tiktok famous grandma and uh she could help get her viewers up with that Yes, and I think most of her friends follow me because she's like, you got to follow my grandma. She's got all these Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So does does your uh, does your grandchildren, like, enjoy the lifestyle that you're living now, being the fact that you live and travel in a van? Um, what do they think about it? Well, my granddaughter is 16 and my grandson is 10. Um, okay. I've always been, I've always been, you know, fearless and crazy and you never know what I'm going to do next. So when I started on this adventure, they were not at all surprised. Gotcha. And what was it that like dragged, like brought you towards lifestyle was that was, that was really interesting about the lifestyle to you? Well, it was kind of like this. Uh, my husband and I, had a you know a three thousand square foot house. We'd had all the cars, the swimming pool, blah blah blah, all the stuff, and we were sick of having all the expenses that go with a house. So we sold the house and we moved into a small apartment just to kind of figure out what we wanted to do. And our lease was coming up, and we looked at each other and said, "Okay, so now what are we going to do? We didn't want to buy a house. We didn't run another apartment, and so the idea just came up. Well, let's live in a van." And so that's how it, that's how it started. Mm-hmm. And so I think the really interesting thing that a lot of people are like all about asking questions to you about on TikTok is the fact that you and your husband both live in your own vans. So yeah. did you always live in your own vans or did you try together and then decided, oh no, we need our own. And how long, no. and how long ago, like what year did you guys start? We've been, we've been full-time for about 18 months. Um, and no, we've never traveled in the same van. It just wasn't going to work. We both wanted to drive. Uh, he wants to go to Florida and play golf, and I want to go to Breckenridge and ski. And uh, we just knew right away it wouldn't work with us two of us together. So we tried, well, let's do it separately and see how that works. And it's worked out very, very well. Nice. So just to give you a little idea of who we like, you know, a little bit about us, um, we built our van in Florida and uh, I have family there. And then in the beginning of our travels, we actually attempted to snowboard all the epic and icon mountains in North America. We made it to 70 of them. 
Thank you. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. So we could spend half the year with you and then the other half of the year with your husband in Correct. Florida. That's what I was getting at. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> we lived in Florida for a lot of years and he has family down there still. So it was kind of natural for him to gravitate that way. I had no interest. So we've been traveling for 18 months now. And I know this is like mm-hmm. one of the toughest questions because I almost hate when I get asked it. But what have been like your top five like favorite places? Uh, I hate that when people ask me that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Um, I like. Uh, I think one of the places I liked the best was the Badlands in South Dakota. It was uh, for me. It was just really cool and. They had a great place to boondock up on top of the, you know, a hill or a mountain or a whatever. Um, and I had never spent any time there. So that was really good to me. I do a lot of boondockers welcome and I've stayed at some really nice places in Pennsylvania. And I've mm-hmm. kind of, I've kind of grown to like that state a lot. Um, and those are my only two right now. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so you mentioned, you mentioned boondockers welcome. Is that one of the main ways that you find places to sleep? I I do. I know you had some trouble. I I don't know if you got that worked out or yeah, not. Yeah, we got that yeah. figured out. Yeah, okay. I stay at a I do a lot of boondockers welcome. Um and I do harvest host, but not so much on those as I do bond boondockers welcome. Um and then I just uh public land out in west and Maine has some public land and I don't know, I just kinda go wherever I go during the day, I don't make any big plans. I just kind of go travel. I know that, I know that when I leave Maine, I'm going to go to the Northwest or towards the West through the Northern States. That's pretty much all I know. So maybe like Oregon, Washington, that, that sort of area. I have never been there. I probably will, but I want, I haven't been in the UP. Um, I haven't been to, uh, North Dakota, Nebraska much. I like Wyoming, um, Montana, and then we'll see if I if I go further west. Oh. I plan on being back in uh, in Texas for Christmas. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I can tell you from yeah. experience, we absolutely loved uh, Washington, Oregon area. It's 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 beautiful. It's very green. You have desert. You have mm-hmm. a whole bunch of like in Oregon. You kind of have every type of climate within driving distance. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. um, Washington is more of like the uh, rainforest-esque mountainous areas uh, more so than anything, which we, we, we found to be amazing. What time of year did you go there? Uh, we went in the uh, summer months. And mm-hmm. um, so like spring, summer, uh, it's a bit cooler up in Washington um Oregon mm-hmm. gets a little bit hotter uh but we try to stay at high elevations in uh summertime mm-hmm. that way we can stay away from the heat as much as possible mm-hmm. I know you you mentioned that you use I Overlander a lot and that's one of my go-to places as well I've tried a bunch of the different apps but I Overlander is the the most reliable that I can find yeah we agree with that yeah so mm-hmm. um Getting back to like your experiences, have you ever done anything like living in a van before at like any point in your life? Did you used to love camping or RVing or any kind of like off grid living? Well, when I grew well, growing up, when I was a kid, my parents 
took us camping. That was like every weekend kind of thing. And so I kind of liked it um, and looked forward to it. And then moved to Florida and it really wasn't, you know, and then had the whole stupid life thing and working and thinking I needed a new car every year. And, um, and then moved to Texas and there really wasn't an opportunity there, even though I always have loved to travel. I want to go somewhere all the time. And I don't like these two week vacation things. I've always been self-employed so I can kind of go where I want. And, um, so therefore, um, I guess that's kind of my story on that. So when you were saying earlier, you're kind of the wild one, give us some examples of like before van life, what are some of the things that you did that like your family was like, Oh, she's the wild one. We're, we, we're not even surprised that she's living this lifestyle. Well, I'd probably get arrested by telling you some of these <laughs> things. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm, I've always been fearless. I would just take off and go do something. Uh, other people would, would wonder why in the world I would dare to do that. And the organizations that I joined during work, um, I was always the, even though I don't really like people, I don't like being around a lot of people. I was always the life of the party um, and just always doing the crazy things, not necessarily dancing on the table, but I probably would have if somebody had asked. <laughs> yes, I love it. That's awesome. It's good to be able to just let loose and enjoy yourself and enjoy your time no matter what you know the situation kind of is. And that's what I kind of uh, get from you when we're watching like your TikToks and stuff like that is that you seem to enjoy like almost entertaining, you know, or just, just, just enjoying your life and having yeah. fun. I really am. And I have always been, as I say, fearless. It doesn't matter. I figure things out. And people are always asking me, well, aren't you afraid of what if you break down or, you know, if you have a flat tire? And I don't worry about those things. You know, life happens and, and you just deal with it. I do have, you know, AAA and Good Sam, some of those kind of things. So, um, to you know, uh, as backups if something does happen. But I've learned how to repair a lot of things in my van, just, you know, little things. Because I didn't do a build out, so I have you know all the stuff, but I'm not afraid to tackle a project, and many people are, mm -hmm. and I'm not afraid to stay in the woods by myself. I did a TikTok on that, and it blew up because everybody's like, "Oh, I'd be so afraid to do that, stay in the woods." I'm like, "What are you afraid of?" Well, I yeah. got too much Dateline, and I'm like, "Well, I don't watch Dateline, so I must be safe." <laughs> uh, I think that's Frankie and I too like I've always hated horror movies I don't understand the appeal mm -hmm. of watching a bunch of people get murdered and like broken into mm -hmm. their houses and then so when we're mm -hmm. living out in the woods you know like maybe the first like month or two we were on the road you get like a little bit of that spooky feeling or something like that but mm -hmm. then yeah. you know we've been on the road for almost two years now and nothing bad has ever happened and now I mm -hmm. like I sleep so peacefully yeah. when we're in the middle of nowhere and I'm not oh, thinking so or worried about nice. like a mass murderer coming at the middle of the night to do anything. And the more that we've been living the lifestyle and been out in these random places, when we do come across people, I mean, 95%, 99% of the time, it's been a positive, you know, experience because like majority yeah. of people in life really want compassion and want good interaction, you know? Yeah, I think that's that's what most people aim for. 
So like to, to mm-hmm. get that random person on like a bad day or a week or a month or maybe year that they're having, you know, it really takes like great timing or horrible timing to have that yeah. experience, I feel like. Yeah, some people say, well, what about wild animals? And I'm like, well, you know, wild animals are really more afraid of you than you yep. are of them. Just stay away. Don't put food out and leave it out in your trash at night. You'll attract bears and raccoons. I mean, you know, use your head, do some smart things. And I'm just not fearful. Yeah, not fearful. And I guess one of the things that the the vehicle does for us is it gives us a safe space inside that animals really can't get inside for the most part. Correct. Yeah, they can't get inside unless you run into a big noose and they can knock you right over. Um, uh, I try to stay away from them. My dogs and I got got charged and trampled by a moose up in Colorado two or three years oh, ago, and it, it it gave me a, a much healthier respect for how big they are. Oh my god! Yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty bad. It was um, one of my dogs got hurt, but the snow was soft enough. So when the moose ran on top of them, they kind of sunk down in the snow rather than break in half so Mm -hmm. but it was not fun anyway i stay away from moose i grew up in maine so i'm used to seeing moose Mm -hmm. but i still don't go near them (laughs) yeah so we're in alaska right now and and it's beautiful but every trailhead you go to it's like be bear aware and like here's everything that you should Uh, do if like a bear comes up upon you and most of it is like just make a big noise and the bear will run away 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you don't really have to be that worried. Did you do um, um, a video on, you know, when you broke across the border? I mean, how you actually got there? Because I saw the first one where they, you know, arrested you at the at the border and wouldn't let you come in. Yeah. We didn't get arrested, <laughs> thankfully. I know. I know. That was so it was so funny, Alex. You look, you were like so afraid. You, said, you were like Sydney Hawkins said two hours. It's been four hours, you know. Um, but I guess you did make it across. But did you do a video on how that actually worked out? Well, so we didn't actually ever make it across the Canadian border. We ended up shipping our van with a like a giant uh, shipping company called Tote Maritime. So they put the van on a boat and boated it up to Alaska. And then we flew from Seattle to Anchorage oh, and yeah. met it there. Oh, so oh nice, nice. Yes, we did do a video on that. Um, okay. And the video, the video was about almost a month later. Uh, yeah, we're behind schedule on our, all of our YouTube stuff is about a month behind well, where we are in real and life. It, and it took kind of about uh, three weeks or so to figure it all out and to be able to get the van shipped and to get here. So it it's relevant to the timeline of our YouTube channel, but we're about a month mm-hmm. behind where we are and what's actually happening. Well, you, you hinted that there was a way that you got around it. So that was good, though. I didn't I never suspected that for boat. Yeah, it was, actually the, it was actually kind of the cheapest way without having to drive. Um, and it uh-huh. really put on a stress of like trying to get through the border again and, you know, um, figuring out, you know, is it, are we even going to make it through the border? You know, right. so it definitely was helpful. Yeah, that, 
that whole border thing is really crazy. Um, I grew up in Maine and, and uh, you know, near the border of Canada. And, I mean, we were back and forth all the time. It was just, you know, they knew you, they waved at you, and it's like not even close to that now. Yeah, yeah, well, when you were a kid, you probably didn't even need a passport to make the drive. You could just go with your driver's oh, license. Oh, no. Right, right, yeah. No passport, nothing. Just yeah. go on over, spend the day, come back, yeah, I go think to the store kind of, over there, whatever. That changed around, like, 2001, right? Well, I think it was that sounds, like that sounds about Yeah, which was 2001. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. It did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the whole border stuff for everywhere was a little different after 9-11. Well, hopefully things are kind of clearing up and with all the stuff like that. Yeah, with everything that's been going on in the world, we're just not making any big long-term plans for anything. We kind of just are like, all right, we'll figure it out when that time comes, you know? Yeah, we're very much like... Yeah, absolutely. We have like an idea of where we will be in the next like three months, I guess you could say is like where we kind of plan to, uh, but we don't even really mm-hmm. plan. We, we just give ourselves like, Hey, this is where we kind of want to be. And if that happens, great. If not, life has changed again. I just wanted to talk about a couple of things that maybe your, your listeners in, would be interested in hearing about, because first of all, I'm old, I'm 67 and um, I did not build out a van. I bought one that was already put together. And that's, uh, most people that are your age don't buy new and they build it out. Um, and so I just wanted to talk just a little bit about why I, if you don't mind, I don't mean to be bringing up subjects here, but but why I built one, bought one that was already built out. This is your podcast, Pam. You talk about whatever you want. Oh, we were actually going to ask that, you about right, your ring you and what kind oh. it is. Those were our next questions. Yeah. But, what what is fun about my van? I'm I'm talking ahead of you a little bit, I guess. No, get um, out my there. my van is a Ford Transit. I've always had a Ford, so I felt comfortable with that. And these come with a Mercedes too, and I didn't want to do that. They too many problems getting parts and all of that stuff. So I got the Ford uh, Transit, and it's a Beyond, is what the the Coachman part is, and uh, it's fully contained. I didn't want to build one out. First of all, I didn't have all the skills and I didn't have the time and I didn't have the place. So I I knew I wanted one with a little more creature comforts as well. So I have a bathroom with, you know, a plumbing shower. I know you take showers outside, sink, um, you know, and toilet, which is, you know, I have a holding tank for that. It's not compost or anything. I needed heat that was reliable because I'm, you know, prima donna. And I needed air. And I know that getting all those things in a build-out is a little more difficult than buying them all done. So everything is done. I got soap, refrigerator, microwave, you know, the whole the whole nine yards. And I think for people that are, especially for solo females, um, I, think it's a, I think it's something to consider about buying one that is new, all put together or nearly new. Um, because if you don't put it together yourself, you don't know about where the plumbing pipes are or the electric. You don't know all that stuff. Um, so having it all done for me in advance was really a, a big help to me. I, for, uh, first of all, I'd never lived in an RV, so I didn't even know how to plug one in. 
uh, I had to have some, you know, some things going on with that. But I do think, and and on my my TikToks that I've talked to a lot of people, and uh, I've actually had several people go and buy one, uh, just from talking back and forth on on TikTok about it. And another thing that I think it's important on I I talked to my granddaughter because she's sixteen, and you know, you know, everybody needs to go to college and blah blah blah. And I'm like, you know, you, before you do that, you go get student loans and and get a degree in nothing. Um, why don't you just think about taking a year or two and living in a van and just traveling around, get that kind of an education? Um, because I wish I had done it when I was her age. I didn't get on the road until I was 65, uh, which most people think that's like, well, I retired and, and got on the road, which really isn't the truth because I don't, I don't like to retire. So, um, uh, but I did wait too long in my life. I feel like now that I'm doing it, and people ask me things like, well, how long are you going to do it? And I'm like, well, when they throw my ashes over the back, I guess. I don't have any plans to buy a house ever again. I'm not interested in an apartment. Um, and so I live on the road. I love living. So you were the- talking about you didn't retire to do it. So, like, were you already retired for a while or you just kind of kept, you're still working or how does that work? I've always been self-employed and I have done a lot in real estate and mortgages to continue doing real estate was too hard. I can't show houses when I'm traveling all over the world or the United States, but mortgages is different. People, you know, you never meet with them. Um, and I can do it all online, electronic signatures. Most I, I do it for people and they have no idea that I'm not right in the office all day. Uh, so I continue to do that at a, a much slower pace. I know one thing that I learned about living in a van is way cheaper, way cheaper than living in a house. Um, and so I don't have to work as much. Of course, I do get Social Security because I'm old. Um, it's a, it's only like $1,400 a month, uh, which, you know, could live on. But I like things. Uh, so I do continue to work. Um, I also, I, I was at Keller Williams Realty for quite a few years, and they have a profit sharing program. So I do have a monthly income from that as well. It's not giant. Um, but with those with the Social Security and the profit share, um, I don't have to work, you know, full time or anything. Um, but like I said, I do like my things. So I work. Well, now you got your whole TikTok set up. Are you making any money there? About thirteen cents today. <laughs> no, I. I <laughs> one day I made seventeen dollars, and that was that was the most I've ever made. You really need a good following um, to to really make any money. You know, I'm I'm thinking a million followers, or um, maybe five or six hundred thousand. You'd you'd make enough money to. Um, you know, for it to make a real difference. Um, and maybe I will someday, but right now I just have fun doing it. Yeah. And you can definitely yeah. tell that you're having fun doing it because I, I feel like you just are so light and you <laughs> are having a good time, you know? I feel like that's what that app is truly about too, is just having fun and really like enjoying your experience with it. Um, and I think the other, the way that most people make their money via that app would be like sponsorships or brand deals. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly not there yet, but um, I like to watch other people that are there. <laughs> For sure. So like, go back on the, the van that you had built or, or an outfitter did it. I agree with you. I think that if 
you do have the skills to do it. It's it might be a good idea for you to do it yourself for the experience and know where everything is. But if you do not and you you know for a fact that you're not capable of that, it is definitely great to go to mm-hmm. an outfitter and have it done. Um, yeah, I, I think that it is a smart idea, especially that you could always normally call that outfitter up and they can mm-hmm. help you troubleshoot some of the problems that are happening. Mm-hmm. I was lucky. Well, yeah, I bought I bought my van um, in August. I'll have had it two years here in a minute. I didn't move in until full time until January 1st. Uh, all of that was right before COVID hit. And so when I got my van, uh, I had, I had, you know, a picture on my vision board and I, you know, worked my goals to get there. And I found one down in South Texas that um, met my criteria, which is the one I have now. Uh, but before COVID hit, you could get a pretty good deal on a van. Yeah. Um, my, I mean, I don't know if we can talk about price here, but I guess it's my podcast. You said, but it was on. It was on a lot. Uh, sticker price was one twenty four, and I walked out the door at ninety five thousand. That's, that's, that's great. That's right? great. Yeah, yeah. Right now, if you could get a van like mine, um, you know, they're stickering at one fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty. Yeah, um, you can you can and, tear it on sell it know, for a profit right now. Yeah, I took. Uh, yeah, I absolutely can make a pretty good profit on it right now. But then, what do I do? Right? Yeah, so, exactly. Um, Inside of your van, like Winnebago, or like what's the actual build out component of it? it it's it, it's a coachman. Um, oh, yeah. In the rear, I have I have a sofa that folds down, or you know, I have the, the electric button. <laughs> it comes down into a bed. Um, my bathroom is behind my you know, driver's seat, and on the opposite side is um, my sink and my cabinets. Uh, beside the bathroom is my stove, refrigerator, and microwave. I have a TV. Um, I have some storage, but that's you know that's another thing. If I buy something, I have to throw something away. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's a uh, you know, I have heat, so it's gas or electric or a combination. When I and I have a generator, I upgraded to a lithium battery, and I'm very happy that I did that. I do have solar, but I only have two two hundred thingy dingies, and so it it keeps my refrigerator, my lights, charging up my you know um, computer and that kind of thing going. But it it does it's not enough to actually be able to live on. So yeah. I have the generator to charge my battery when I need to, and have I have a, to run my generator. Do you have a DC to DC charger as well? What does that mean? So a DC to DC charger is like whenever you run your van and you're driving, it actually charges your oh. battery bank in the back as well. Yes, it does. I do have that. Um, I didn't know I had that. It didn't do much when I had that other battery. Uh, so it wasn't really that noticeable, but with my lithium battery, I can, if I drive it charges. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people that we know with RVs have done the upgrade because for whatever reason, maybe they're doing it more so now, but the upgrade from an AGM to a lithium battery is like huge, it's a game especially yeah. for RVs where, that need a lot mm-hmm. of power. Um, like our friends have to run their generator to run their microwave, you know? So right. having yeah. a lithium battery is a game changer. It really is. Um, so. now the, the vans like mine, the beyond that they're put, making only lithium now. And those run at about one ninety. Yeah. Which is crazy. 
it's it's really however try try to go buy a house uh, you know (laughs) it's you know it's the same um well it sounds like the price of the rvs now is about the same as getting a house in some places in the country it's true it's very true i mean the whole van life movement um, you know, it started, of course, before COVID, but when COVID came, more and more people jumped onto it because um, they couldn't go on vacations. When you're living in the van, you can. Um, and um, I had already made the plan and bought the van, so it worked out really well. I could quarantine wherever I went, <laughs> just stay home. <laughs> uh, so I've never looked back. I just love it. I find that very interesting. Um, like the whole pandemic you know, us in vans, we were able to still travel, move around and kind of enjoy our life as well as be mm-hmm. away from other people, like being quarantined, like you said. Um, how did you, how did you find that? Did you find it similar to us? Uh, yes, very much. So I really didn't, ha- when I came to Maine the first time, my sister was a little bit, you know, about that. So she made me stay in, stay in my van. Um, and I mean, not go to stores for two weeks. Um, and then it was fine. I had COVID anyway. And, um, so not very seriously, but that was the only time I really ever quarantined. Boondockers welcome places, you know, keep your distance, but make yourself at home, um, during the beginning of it, but never really had to quarantine. Mm -mm. When you were sick, Mm -hmm. how long were you sick for? Three days. Three days. I I didn't even know. yeah, I was really, really tired uh, for a couple of days, and then and I was gone. I went, you know, somewhere boondocking. When I got back, uh, my daughter had tested for positive, you know, husband. So I went and got tested just because, and I did get tested positive. Um, but by the time the results come back, came back, I didn't have any symptoms, so it was really easy for me, thankfully. Well, I'm thankful. And they now they want me to get that. I'm thankful that it all worked yeah. out for you too as well and that you were you yeah. know you didn't have it severe in any type of way that's great. Yeah. You know it's funny too. I I'm sure you have this too um uh people ask me well, what if you have to go to the doctor? And I I mean you deal with it, right? No, yep. I needed to I needed to uh, I need to see a dermatologist and I'm up in Maine and you know doctors are booked out for months and I started calling in the states that I'm going to be near next, where I'm going, to try to find a dermatologist. And they were booking out with way too far. And finally, I found a dermatologist in Montana at the end of September. So I have to be in Montana at the end of September to go to a doctor. So you see, you always work these things out somehow. Mm-hmm. Do you have health insurance? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Um, my husband worked at the post office for some years, and um, he retired, and we have the Blue Cross Blue Shield Federal Employees Plan, which is a great insurance. Of course, mm-hmm. we, we both have Medicare, but Medicare doesn't pay anything unless you get the whole alphabet of um, addendums, amendments, or whatever to go with it. And so the Blue Cross Blue Shield actually turned out to be better insurance and cheaper. So we, we just keep that. Mm-hmm. And that that program, you don't have to have a, a primary physician or a referral. You can just well, make that's an appointment perfect, directly. Then when you're traveling, yeah, it is. Go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you work on you work the things out. You know, if it's really bad, go to the emergency room. The thing about this lifestyle mm-hmm. is that 
there's always a solution to whatever problem mm-hmm. that you're facing. Mm-hmm. And I think that living mm-hmm. in a van makes you much more uh, adaptable and quick minded and mm-hmm. things like that, where you're like, I need to find a solution to this problem and I'm going to figure mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has that problem solving ability. I, I'm, I'm finding out because they're afraid of, well, I mean, I, in my, my heater, I lost, the heat for a little while and so i working with the not the van place but the actual truma people that made the heater and they came to the conclusion that probably it was a motherboard so it takes uh, you know two or three months to get an appointment with a dealership to do anything nowadays so they sent me the motherboard and it's like a computer board you know uh, only bigger and I replaced it. And everybody was like, oh, my gosh, I can never do that. Well, you can. You just have to try and do it. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. How, I, how hard is that, right? Yeah, I think that's the biggest problem that a lot of people have is they're not even willing to try. Like, they automatically right. place themselves in the box of, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've always been mechanically minded. My dad taught me a lot. Um when I was growing up and um, I just never had any fear of it. It makes it so much easier. Mm-hmm. What type of heater do you have? It's a Truma uh, CP plus, which means that it's a combination uh, heater and hot water heater. They're okay. together. They're all the same units, um, which works really well, actually. And there, and it is gas, electric, or a combo. So I, I do have LP too. And my water tank holds 25 gallons, um, which is fine for one person. And um, my black water is 12 and my gray water is 13, something like that. I'm not sure the exact breakdown. You mentioned that you were mechanically minded. I'm wondering if the actual like engine of the rig is still under warranty. Yeah, Ford has a five-year bump and bumper warranty. So I'm not worried about that. Um, and I, I, that's another thing. It's like, well, if it breaks, you just go get it fixed. I'm not, you know, I don't worry about those things. Um, but I was, I was going to tell you a little story about, um, the first, when I first got my van, again, I didn't even know how to plug in. I knew like nothing. And I decided to go on a trip to Colorado. So I went up and I quickly found out that in the whole Denver area up in there, there's no boondocking. You cannot stay in Walmart, nowhere. So I had to find alternatives. But I did. I came to the. I came to the place where I really needed to dump, and I had no clue. So I went to this um, campground area that had a dump station, even if you didn't stay there. So I got my paid my money, got my ticket, and there was a line. So I got in line, and I'm trying. I'm peeking, watching other people and how they're doing it, and thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen when I get there. So there was this guy in an older camper in front of me and I, I went up and I'm like, you know, I've never done this before. Can I watch you? And he said, sure. So I, I watched him. And then when he got done, he said, just pull up here and I'll do it for you. I'm like, oh, yay. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, what, what, a, what an intimate experience with a stranger. Right? <laughs> a dumb right. boy. <laughs> but uh, I learned to do it shortly thereafter, but that was my first dump experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a, what a gem, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And those it's are the kind of things that I did. Gloves. 
Right, but right. no, I don't think he did. He was that kind of guy. He had a he had a um, plant in the console by his van. I looked in and I said, "Is that marijuana?" <laughs> he said, "Oh no, it's hemp." <laughs> I'm, not the, I'm not the police. Yes, yeah, marijuana. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah, had I mean, some adventures. That's one thing about all the people on the road, at least in our experience, is that we everybody we've met are, are like so willing to help out in some type of way. You mm-hmm. know, if, if, you're, mm-hmm. if you don't know something and, you know, you talk to somebody, there's a chance that they might know it, you know, and they're willing right. to help you out or give you information to help you out. There is a, for, um, a Facebook page for the Transit Beyonds, which is what I have, and it's got like 4,000 members. And if you ever have anything, question about anything, just post a picture and like, what is this? How does this work? What's the matter with that? And everybody is so helpful. Get right mm-hmm. on there and, you know, take pictures, show you what to do. Um, and that is uh, because of, because the, our vehicles are all the same, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's easier for them to give advice because they have the same thing. Yeah, and I think that goes to yeah. say for all the vehicles that are like that. So, like the Revel and um, the the Winnebagos, you know, that are that aren't the, the Revels, the storytellers, and... you know, all mm-hmm. the vehicles mm-hmm. that are made from one specific company. Um, the people that buy them are all within the groups of those, you know, particular companies, and then they are able to communicate amongst each other. And normally, those mm-hmm. companies are in those groups and they're utilizing that information to try to make the next one better too. And like yeah, how, this is true. how wonderful it is that, you know, we have the internet now when we're doing this, cause like not only can you mm-hmm. work online doing the mortgages stuff and earn some money on the road, but you can also find the answer to every single problem that you could possibly have whether it's through the groups or through YouTube or like through friends on TikTok, like, you know, I've seen you do this, but we've definitely done it. Like, you know, something wrong happened with the van. You make a TikTok about it and you've got, you know, a whole bunch of people who have the answer. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, exactly. Who (laughs) knew? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of help out there. And I just like to pass that on. If I know something that, you know, somebody wants to know about, then I want to be able to, you know, share and make sense in their lives for what I've already done through things I've so, learned don't, that yeah. you don't do. Speaking about what you've been through, you mentioned kind of at the beginning of the conversation that, you know, you did the whole thing where you got the job and you had the kids and you did the life and you bought the new car every mm-hmm. year. And, you know, you know, that was like the path that you're supposed to be on, mm-hmm. you know, when, you know, when, when was, was the like turning moment for you when you were like, well, this just isn't, it. I think, um, well, we lived in Florida for a long time, and I'm I'm a different age than you, so we had the whole yuppie movement, you know, and that was, you know, you take a briefcase and get in a car and go to an office every day, and I fell into that, of course, um, and it wasn't, I think, until we actually moved to Texas in 2008, because the mortgage real estate market crashed that year in Florida and, and or everywhere. And I was out of a job. Um, so we moved to Texas. And I think that's really when I realized that um, all of the, if I had saved like one eighth of the money <laughs> over the years, then I would, you know, have a, uh, have a great savings now. 
Um, but you just, you know, back then, I know you don't remember this, but back then, you know, you could deduct on your taxes the interest on your credit cards. So what does that encourage you to do? Go use your credit cards, right? Correct, yeah. Um, uh, so that, so when I moved to Texas, I things were simpler. I lived in, you know, a real urban area in Florida and moving to Amarillo, um, it was a much smaller place and I kind of got tired. I'm like, doing the same old thing over and over. And, you know, it's always that hurry up and wait thing. Well, as soon as this happens, I can do this. And finally I said, you know what? I'm getting too old to wait anymore. Um, And so I stopped, uh, you know, going to yard sales and instead having yard sales and began to change my attitude. I had so many things that you have to get rid of. I'm sure you went through that, but probably not to the extent that I did with a 3,000 square foot house, five sofas, you know, Um, and then just kept downsizing. And it was very freeing, actually. The more things I got rid of, the better I felt. I think all the things that we have nowadays, it just puts a burden on us. Van living is, it's so freeing, you know? I mean, I don't, I got what, three pair of jeans and six t-shirts, you know? Uh, there it is. Take it or leave it. So, yeah. Yeah. And you always look so I stylish was, with your signature glasses. I know. You know, I had, I had, I've always worn glasses and I had a really hard time when last time I went and got glasses because I wanted to make some kind of a statement in my videos. And because I have all the wrinkles and all of that, I wanted to draw some attention away from my face and into my glasses. So I went to um, Eyeglass Mart or whatever, and they didn't really have anything. And they had these glasses that I ended up buying. And the lady there, she's like, you know, try those on again, try them on again. And she's like, they look pretty good. They look great. And so she finally talked me into buying it with their, you know, they have that warranty. If you don't like them, you can bring them back. And I started right out on TikTok wearing the glasses. And, and the first thing I got was like a hundred people said, I love your glasses. And so yes, my <laughs> trademark now. I don't know what's going to happen if I have to get uh, a new prescription. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the, yeah, like the whole glasses thing. I love it. All right. So just to kind of, uh, I'm wondering what is your favorite thing about living in a van? I think it has to do with the privacy, but you know, um, I, I mean, I'm in, I'm at target parking lot right now because I need to be sure I had good cell phone. Um, but I, I'm here and there's people around, but I'm still alone. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. Absolutely. Um, We, We totally get it. We just had several yeah. people walk by our van, but it doesn't, they didn't know we were even sitting here. They, yeah, there you go. I just, that is very important to me. And I really like it. Uh, uh, and it's so different from living in a house and people coming to your door. And um, I mean, I've had a couple people come to my door. I had one lady come and knocked on my door. I was in, I don't know, Walmart or somewhere. And she backed way up and I'm like, open the door. And she's like, excuse me. I'm a, an RV stalker. I'm like, okay. So I want to buy an RV. And so I'm, I'm chasing people down in parking lots and asking them about their RV. And we had a great conversation. And I had an appointment the next day somewhere not far from where I was. So I was just planning to stay in, in uh, Walmart. And when I got there, they had a no 
you know, no overnight because some of them do. And so we got to talking and she said, hey, just come to my house. I got a farm. You can stay out there. So, you know, here's another one of those people are like, oh, did you watch Dateline? <laughs> I'm uh, like, no, I didn't. She was a nice lady, no. I thought. And so, so she took me down and I went to her farm and I spent the night there in her yard. And, you know, it was a wonderful thing. And that's how you meet people and you need to learn to trust a little bit but these are things that my my kids my daughter my grandkids would say oh yeah that's something she would do you know? well you literally <laughs> stayed over at a stalker's house <laughs> yeah she said that she well yeah she said she was an rv stalker <laughs> we go driving in she's i'm following her in and her husband comes out of the barn and he's looking at her like okay what's this all about <laughs> uh Yep, so I followed the stalker home. I was thinking it was but, more like a boondocker's welcome without having to pay for boondocker's welcome. Well, it, it kind of, yeah, it kind of was. Uh, it was just in her yard. They were they had an RV or uh, travel trailer. And so, you know, that community, um, you, you know that people are going to help you anyway. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm just riding down the road, I got no place to stay. I haven't done this yet, but it would be just like me. Just go buy a house and they have a travel trailer sitting in the yard, knock on the door, and I spend the night in your yard, you know, because that kind of community, um, I think probably would be okay with us. Oh, yeah. I feel like yeah. we've definitely thought about doing that too. We've never pulled the trigger on it, but, you know, <laughs> if it came down to like dire straits, because it seems like there's always somewhere to stay. Like whether it's, yeah. you know, the parking lot of one of these places or you find some land that's, you know, Mhm. Well, if you pull the trigger on that and actually knock on someone's door, let me know how it goes, <laughs> and then maybe I'll try it. Well, if you can hear me, I'll just go ahead and finish my podcast. So it's been really great talking to you and sharing your experiences. I love your YouTube channel, and I subscribe. I tell everybody go over there, and you got some great stuff. I love Sex in the Vein, and now your podcast. I'll be sharing all of that i tell people to follow you on tiktok i'm not real great on instagram um but maybe i'll work on that later anyway i guess have a great evening say hey to paco and uh let us all know what else you're doing in alaska anyway love you great talking to you thanks bye it still says that we're recording Hey Pam, I, do you uh, hear us? I don't us think she's here us? anymore. I don't know if maybe she lost us or we lost her. Wow, what an incredible woman Pam is! What would you say, Alex? I think that she has an amazing spirit. She's so tenacious. She just is—I don't know. I want to say brave, but I also feel she, like I feel like she's bold. <laughs> yes, I love that word better because. Someone called us brave the other day for just, like, going out and living our lives. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. But... I think it's brave to take the leap to get into the lifestyle. But I think once you're actually out here living the lifestyle, you realize that there's not much bravery to it. But it's more so just, like, living. Like, being comfortable with being yourself and living. And being comfortable at being at the will of others just slightly. You know, Mm -hmm. because you still have you know, your ability to do whatever you want. But when you're out there and you're around people, you're really looking forward to people being nice and wanting to create friendship. And, uh, you know, that I think that's what this world needs more of is more people wanting to create friendship and not enemies. Absolutely. Yeah. Like case in point, we 
were parked at that spot by the river that was right next to a bridge that led to an island of people who live here in Alaska. And they've all been there for, you know, decades. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the couple of days there, like, we knew everybody and, like, was, like, friends with everybody and people were driving by, we were waving at them. Like, we had somebody reach out to us on social media after we left and was like, hey, like, I only got to drive by your van at 8 in the morning every day and you guys weren't out, but, like, I just, you know, I checked out your channel and I love what you're doing and, like, come get some free honey and, like... Pretty much, yeah. He was like, if I would have known that you guys made this type of content and stuff, I would have put you guys in bee suits and had you you pull the honey with me and, like, that would have been a great experience and... You never know what you're really going to get until you put yourself out there. And I think that Alex and I have done that. I think that Pam has done that. I think that everybody in this lifestyle that really is enjoying it has really done that. And that's kind of the key to it, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And if that's brave or whatever you want to call it, then so be it. But yeah. yeah, we're just really loving our life out on the road. And I think Pam is too. Yeah, and I hope that everybody out there listening, that this helps you decide possibly what you want to do. Do you want to build your van yourself? Do you want to get into something if you have the cash flow that you know that um, you could be reliant on and has warranties and all this stuff? Um, it's It's definitely an option. So don't just push it aside. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you in next week's episode. We are down on one computer, so we're trying to crank these out as best as we can. So just bear with us, guys. We appreciate it. Yeah. We love you all. And we hope you guys have an FNA day. Hey, everybody knows it's true. Band Life YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All that.